relationships are messy and people's feelings get hurt, who needs it? We're young, we live in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, might as well have fun while we can and save the series somehow. Yeah, but wait, wait. What happens if you fall in love? What? Well, you don't believe that, do you? Oh, uh, what? Yeah, but promise that you'll never be lonely. Come up with the thought of being someone's one and only. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sarcastically Optimistic, the podcast powered by yours truly, Ramel Requirme. We are back, officially. It has been a very, very long, it feels like a long hiatus. It has been a while since I last posted. For those of you that are binging this, um, it's been like two weeks since the last episode. And let me let me explain myself, even though I don't really need to. First off, um, 4th of July happened, so of course we're going to take a break from that. And then the week prior to that, I was still trying to figure out, I just wanted to take a step back and enjoy life, which I highly recommend everyone should be doing, and figure out where this podcast would kind of lead. I'm not really quite sure. Um, I want to promote material that you can really benefit from. So excuse me for taking the time, but also it is good to be back. I'm really glad that you're here. I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, welcome to the end of the week if it is at the end of the week. But if you're just starting your week because these episodes do drop on Mondays, um, I hope that you are ready because you are ready. Uh, and But I hope that you believe that you're ready because you are enough in every regard. And I know that the world will probably tell you something differently because the world is icky and icky like that. Gicky and icky. I don't know what people say, but the world is icky like that. And they make you feel like you are little 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 bug in this big world but you do count your presence does count and everything and i don't just mean to say that just to say that again i'm saying all these things because i feel like i didn't hear them when i was growing up but just to let you know that you are enough and you're exactly where you need to be in your journey of life as we all are we're all trying to figure it out no one has it perfect we're all struggling with our own insecurities but it's what we make of these experiences and how we overcome these experiences and overcome our insecurities and overcome things that are holding us back is what's really worth this life that we have. I don't know. Well, welcome back to Sarcastically Optimistic. For those of you that are coming in for the first time ever, uh, I have no idea why you decided to jump onto this episode first, but here we are, Sarcastically Optimistic, just to give you a little brief understanding of what it is. It is a podcast that is supposed to be your companion during your journey of life. Again, this mission is ever-evolving through every episode. But overall, the recurring theme is that you are not alone in the life that you live, that yes, we have bouts of feeling incompetent, inadequate, all these negative feelings. And there's a lot of advice and there's a lot of good stuff out there. And even that in itself is overwhelming. So Sarcastically Optimistic was kind of produced and created because one, maybe I am a narcissist. We'll leave that up to debate for those of you. And two, because when I was growing up, I did feel like I was battling everything alone. But there have been constant reminders, constant people uh, and that have been consistently reminding me that I'm not alone this journey. And I feel like a lot of people really need to hear that. And a lot of people, you know, need to be made aware of tools that they could use. So a lot of the things that we talk about are either conversations, which so far we've only had one. I'm still trying to compile a list, uh, but essentially tools and principles that I'm personally learning in books from people, from movies even, from Twitter, you know, Twitter being, you know, a stretch, but there is some good information there. Things that could help you 
and provide you with the tools that you can possibly use and potentially use to increase whatever value that you want to increase in your own respective life. So again, I don't know everything. I'm not a perfect person. I, as you can tell, I'm going, I am ebbing and flowing. I am saying things as I go and I'm not going to create a script. And I don't think anyone should create a script for a podcast because uh, we all enjoy conversations. And what's so genuine about conversations is that it's coming from the heart and it's coming from the mind. So all the things that you're hearing, all these episodes that you're hearing are inspired by the beautiful people that I'm, you know, have found them where their way into my life and i have found their way my way into their life well this is weird um this is getting really <laughs> really intimate uh and all the wonderful works of art illustrations and all the literature that has crossed paths with me that i've been so blessed to have really looked into and all that good stuff so i i don't want to hold any of that to myself so this podcast is supposed to be some sort of vehicle for you to again for you for you to use in your own regard, in your own way. So uh, this is a completely selfless podcast. This is supposed to be there for you, your companion, your your guide, if you will. So I'm not giving you solutions. Those are things that you have to come up with yourself. But I am essentially giving you the tools in which you can build those solutions because we're all built different. I work very differently from you. And this podcast episode actually kind of discusses that. And we're all very, very distinct in our own way. And that's what makes us unique. And that's what makes us beautiful. You know, just like the One Direction song. But I just want to let you know that, yes, there is so much information that you can take in. But it's a matter of the action that you take with the tools and with the advices that you're given that really counts. So don't take things for granted. If you really need to write things down, then please do. Um, I continue to write things down just the moment I learned them because I, you know, the brain is meant to create ideas, but it's not really suitable to withhold those ideas uh, because we tend to forget so many things because so many things happen in our brains and running back and forth. So make sure you're writing things down and you're taking things into consideration because you will take a meaning, you will convert it into a meaning that is understandable to you. And then from there, that is when you'll create your solution. So I'm very happy for you to be here. I always say that you're a beautiful person. It's, it's a great time. <laughs> uh, we all need self love, please. Okay, so um, I'm trying something new. Uh, sorry, I smacked my lips like that, and you probably uh, are bleeding from one of your earlobes now. I apologize. Earlobes? Well, that only happens if you pierce your ears. Again, this is all just <laughs> learning as we go. So the thing I want to discuss today, and this is just diving straight into it, and maybe I'll just decide to record a trailer just so I don't have to keep going with the beginning and converting and reconverting the meaning of this podcast, but it still remains the same. The topic, finally of this podcast is a morning routine. And like I said, we are all built different. We're all unique in our own way. And the thing about it is that we don't really necessarily know what to do because we are not exact carbon copies of the person next to us, unless you have a you know paternal twin or things like that. But that's very different. Everyone is very different, meaning that your journey towards certain goals, although the goals may be similar to someone else's, will be drastically different. Well, sometimes it'll be just slightly different, but there will be a level of difference and similarity between someone's journey and your own. So one thing that really creates us is sleep. And we always talked about sleep in this podcast, but 
the thing that we didn't talk about just yet is what happens after the sleep, right? If you are a night owl like me, then you tend to sleep really, really late at obscene hours, and then you wake up pretty, pretty darn early, if not maybe during the midday. But we're all trying to adjust our sleeping schedule. But the question is, what happens when we arise from the bed when we do, when you're done like scrolling through whatever you're scrolling through? So this is a common theme that a lot of people talk about nowadays, which is called the morning routine, which we wake up and it's a specific procedure that we partake in every morning that helps us kind of prepare and kind of utilize in order to prepare our bodies, prepare our minds for the upcoming day that's ahead, right? And we have discussed particular habits and tools such as you know, creating to-do lists and all that good stuff, but there is a specific book that I want to jump off of, and this is what the whole topic is based on, and it's called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, right? So this is an American author, a success coach, which is a very, very strange term. I have no idea that existed, um, but here we are. So Miracle Morning, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is what we're going to be talking about today. And most of the information that you're going to hear is coming from this book and it's directly influenced by it. Again, it's with my interpretation and I'm trying to kind of dilute it into the fine, fine parts of it just so that you can utilize it and make it as actionable as possible, as quick as possible. So this is called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Do not get this confused with another book called The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. Sharma, I think, Robin Sharma. So those are two completely different books. I personally think that The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is a little bit more exciting. It's more digestible. And also it's less intimidating because when you pick up a book called The 5 a.m. Club and you're like, you know, waking up at 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., it's not really sustainable to, you know, drastically adjust your schedule from 10 a.m. wake up time to 5 a.m. So I feel like this book personally really helps you ease into the process. So yes, the very first thing that they cover in this book is kind of discussing that you do have to wake up early if you want to utilize those big hours. But again, no one is the same. I kind of agree and disagree with this point. But the point is that, you know, the earlier that you rise, the better, because you can utilize that time for whatever you want to utilize it for, whether it be reading, it can be journaling, it can be just even time for yourself, looking out the window and enjoying nature. But if you live in a city, a suburb like me, the first thing you see is another building. But the thing is, you use those times in the early, early hours to do whatever you need to do. And every animal in the animal kingdom tech tends to have some sort of routine the birds tend to chirp to wake up their families you know the bears kind of scruff around their faces i'm not an ecologist i don't necessarily really know what each animal does but they all have different routines and we are animals in ourselves and we do require some sort of routine especially when we are arising from a slumber so where did this all come from? Why did this guy write this book? This guy wrote this book because there's two main things that happened in his life. One, he had a very, very deadly, almost fatal car crash that he experienced. So of course, your life flashes before your eyes. I know that's very cliche, but that does happen. And the second thing is that he experienced a major bankruptcy. So he was kind of trying to find the root of all his issues. And he realized that he was kind of neglecting how he was waking up in the morning. And he was reading all these works of literature and all these things and they're all pointing towards how the morning hours in which we arise 
kind of dictate how the rest of the day is going to go. So let me repeat that. The morning hours in which you partake in, which is when you, you know, rise from your bed like Dracula, those few hours, like the first few hours of the day in which you, you wake up, are going to kind of predict how the rest of the day is going to go. And why is that? And it's because, right, your body is just waking up. The neuroscience kind of deems this called the zombie brain, meaning that your body, yes, is kind of cooled and relaxed while you're sleeping, but your brain is just constantly moving. It's just never sleeping. So the thing is, when you're waking up, right, your body is waking up necessarily, but your brain is, again, it's still active throughout the night, uh, but actually way more active than it is during the day. But when you wake up, you are kind of piecing together both body and mind. So the body is trying to figure out, hey, homie, like we got we to gotta figure out how to wake both of them up and kind of put them back into the same frequency because the brain is like way, 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 way up high in activity in terms of activity level. But the body is way, 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 way low. So how do we meet them in the middle? And the whole point of the morning routine is for that middle ground in which the mind and the body can meet, and then they can go about their day in unison. And again, we all love the mind and body when they're working together as a team, just like Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker, and Rush Hour. So, so the morning routine is very essential for you to promote your day in the most proper way possible. These are all suggestions. Yes, there are particular things that Hal Elrod does recommend that you do. But I personally think, and again, like you should personally think, not to say that I'm right, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's totally up to you how you want to do it. So he has this acronym, and there's an acronym. So take out your notepads, kids. An acronym meaning, you know, like FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, right? So his acronym for this, which are letters that stand for different principles, is SAVERS. So, you know, life savers, like savers, like save on savers s-a-v-e-r-s savers so the whole book kind of encompasses the principles within this acronym of savers so what does savers stand for savers stands for silence affirmations visualization exercise reading and scribing so we're going to kind of break it down piece by piece just for you uh, so again, it's called savers. So silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So those are, that is altogether savers, that acronym. And the reason why this acronym exists is because it breaks down his entire method, methodical process in approaching the morning routine in the case that you are starting from scratch and you don't really know what to do. So this is to provide you with some sort of structure in order to kind of proceed forward. And you're just like, oh, what? Uh, like, but Jeff Bezos wakes up at, you know, 4 a.m. It's like, no, you don't have to be Jeff Bezos. You still have your hair. You're fine. Like, it's going to be great. Like, you're, you're you know, your future is brighter than his forehead. Like, it's okay. So let's just go through these one by one. And I'm looking at my notes just to make sure that I don't fuddle any of the, any of the information that he's giving us. So the first one is silence. So each of these, right, it can range depending on how you want to distribute the time. So I recommend personally, and he, I think he also recommended that each of these letters take five minutes to do. 
right? So there are three, four, five, six letters. So six times five, this only takes 30 minutes to do this entire routine. So the first one begins with silence. So five minutes of silence, let's say. So what does that mean? So are you like looking at a wall and waiting for the paint to dry? Not really. It depends on what silence is to you. The whole reason why silence exists is because again, your body is waking up and you need to give your body time to wake up and you can't just immediately reach for your phone and just like scroll through social media immediately because yes, your brain is active, but your body's like, what? Like I'm still sleepy. So the silence kind of helps you kind of acclimate into waking up for the day, whether this be meditation, right? So this is sometimes people call meditation intermittent fasting for the mind. It's very strange. Um, it can be a breathing exercise, deep breathing, uh, it's known to expand the, you know, your lung volume, your lung capacity. Uh, and this can also involve prayer if you're religious like that and you also enjoy praying. So silence is very essential for you to, again, ease into the day and not immediately be bombarded with bad news and just like social media, all the events that you weren't invited for when you wake up, you're like, what? I, he was there? And like, What? So silence is just you and your thoughts. And I know it's scary sometimes for a lot of us. I'm also personally scared for my thoughts. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. But this silence helps us kind of, how do you see these? Observe your thoughts. It's not necessarily that you are silencing them. Don't, please don't silence your thoughts. Like just observe them. And, you know, Headspace does this weird thing where it's saying, like, imagine that you're on the side of the road and that all your thoughts are the, are the cars on the freeway. You're not going to be chasing after every car, right? As you're sitting on the side of the road, you're just watching these cars pass by. So as your thoughts are coming and going, because we think of like 50,000 thoughts per second, you know, like 100 of which you're only aware of, while the others are in the back burner of your mind. So learning how to disassociate from thoughts that are not relevant, that you're just merely observing, right? It helps you kind of ease into this day. So this silence kind of hones in your, your ability to kind of observe your thoughts rather than chasing after every single one of them. So the first one is silence. Yes, you can do this for five minutes. I personally meditate for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. It's crazy. 10 minutes feels like a long time when you're meditating just by yourself. And it is scary, but it just really helps kind of feel good and relaxed, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, all that good stuff. So this can be meditation, breathing exercises, prayer, whatever you need to do, as long as you implement some sort of silence. Um, in neuroscience papers I've seen before, they recommend that like for the first hour of waking, don't reach for a screen, a plasma screen, not like the plasma flat screen, but like, you know, your phone, like anything with the blue light, make sure that you are kind of encountering natural daylight to kind of wake up your circadian rhythm and to naturally wake up. So maybe for the first hour, try your best not to, and maybe even 30 minutes or 10 minutes, try your best not to immediately reach for something electronic. Maybe spend some time with yourself, right? Like you have to deal with yourself for the entire day. So this silence is very essential. So that is the essence savers. Now the next one is A. What does the A stand for? You're right affirmations. And we feel very, very gross when we say affirmations, because in today's society, we think affirmations like you got this. like looking in the mirror, like pumping out your chest or puffing out your chest, puffing, eh, puffing. And you're like, Hey, man, you got this. You're Wonder Woman. You're Superman. You got this. You nothing can defy you. You're amazing. You're handsome. You're pretty. You're beautiful. All that good stuff is great. Yes. And that is exactly what we need. And yes, that's exactly what you're thinking of what affirmations is. It's literally 
you verbalizing, and you can even write this down if you don't feel comfortable verbalizing, all these positive things about yourself, that you are capable, that you are enough, just like similar to the things that I say when at the beginning of each episode that you are enough because you are, and it's something that you have to fully believe because if you don't fully believe that and if you don't change your negative beliefs about yourself, you're gonna be kind of stuck in a cage of that negative thought or that negative belief. So affirmations, the way Elrod uses is that you can write it down um, and if you're comfortable enough, you can actually verbally say it to yourself. You don't have to look in a mirror or anything, but you can verbally say it out loud just so that it's more believable, right? And the reason why this kind of works is because, again, affirmations are very powerful because when we hear them verbally, that's it's kind of like putting a thought that was in your mind into actual sound like which you can hear and take in right so that's really really important that you get to know and actually hear yourself and hear those words coming out of what mouth it doesn't matter if it's coming from your mouth but you know for those of you that you know don't receive that many compliments a day it really helps kind of bolster your attitude and again set up like some sort of some sort of like path in order for you to believe that you are capable, believe these affirmations. So this kind of sets up this point of, you know, the love, you know, positive attraction, right? Like you say something and you kind of manifest it. We say manifesting a lot nowadays. And that's exactly what affirmations are. You verbalize it in order for you to somewhere down the road, believe it. And it's going to be part of your identity. And that's where all the progress is going to kind of start. So he does provide like a five-step process of building affirmations, but I think for the sake of simplistic purposes, just kind of figure out things that you're insecure about that you need to reassure yourself about. Like even saying that you're, you are okay or I am okay, writing it down and then saying I am okay, right? Like after you're writing that affirmation down, say it to yourself like two to five times until like it kind of sticks to your brain, right? Like you kind of remember you saying that you are okay because you're going to throughout the day subliminally remember that and it's going to help promote your attitude in some regard and it'll probably hurt it'll probably benefit you more than hurt you i almost said hurt you more than benefit you but that's not true uh so that's affirmations that's the s and now that's the a so silence and affirmations so v you guys remember what v is come on come on guys visualization so visualization sorry for my visual listeners out there actually speaking of visual listeners I need to charge my laptop. My laptop's going to die. But visualization, and we've talked about this in the previous episode, so visualization is very, very important. Why is it so important? Visualization requires you to visualize who you want to become and what your circumstances look like when you become what you want to become. (laughs) Well, that was a mouthful. What I mean by that visualization is that this is the law of attraction in and of itself, meaning that as you manifest something, you believe that you're going to become something, or you're going to be this person, right? This all links back to identity. You visualize that person. And, you know, this initiates this law of attraction, this kind of initiates these things that you want, and it will gravitate towards you. And in pre in the previous episode that we talked about visualization, there was an exercise in which you visualize your old self and how you want your old self to look like. So there was a case study where they made someone, you know, visualize themselves as a healthy individual, very athletic, and things like that. And it kind of helped reinforce their fitness goals, because you know, they wanted to they visualize themselves playing with their children, and not just being senile in the chair and like not being able to run with them and play with them in in the front yard and things like that It was very specific. But visualization is very, very important. So 
This can be part of your silence if you want. Um, I recommend them being very separate steps. Visualization, you can even just let your mind wander and just think about who you want to be, right? That's usually what other, that's what usually what other people do. They visualize who they want to become, right? Like they visualize them in their dream job or they visualize them being confident or being everything that they want to. And taking that time to actually visualize what you desire to become or what you desire in general really, really helps set up that path for you subliminally, right? Like you're not actively thinking about this visualization like every single minute of every single day, but it is going to stick with you like a tattoo on your brain, right? Just like the, the, the song Sucker by Jonas Brothers. So again, my brain is very chaotic. That's why this podcast exists, but hopefully you're kind of following along. So V stands for visualization. Allow that desire that you are having inside yourself to internalize and initiate that law of attraction. I'm, I know it sounds kind of woo-woo, like a fall of attraction, but it really does help that you kind of visualize where you want to go in order for you to, again, kind of fine-tune your activities to get to what you're visualizing. So that is V. So now we are S-A-V. Now we're at E. So E stands for exercise. Yeah, absolutely right. Exercise. This is a word that has been butchered, been beaten, everything. We are scared of the word exercise, and some people say workout, some people say stretch. There's a lot of terms for exercise. Even the word diet has a lot of negative connotation. Exercising is really scary. I personally don't like using the word exercise. I like saying like activity. I like saying like working out better. I just like just some sort of cognitive, uh, you know, convincing for myself. It's like manipulating myself to exercise. Now, exercise is scary because we think that we have to, what constitutes exercise is solely going to the gym or putting in that session or whatever. And for those of you that don't necessarily, you know, have the capacity to go to the gym or like go do any of that, that's completely fine. Exercise can even be a walk around the block. Anything to kind of get you in the mood. Like we said, get you in the mood. Like, I, like, like we said in the beginning that in the when you're waking up in the morning, your body is trying to catch up. It's trying to wake up in some regard. So exercise is the most direct way of waking up your body other than the alarm that you're setting up for yourself. Exercise is what's going to awaken your body. It's going to make your blood flow a little bit more. It's going to help your body just kind of like bolster up. It's like, all right, we're ready for the day. So again, exercise doesn't constitute solely just going to the gym or lifting heavy, heavy weights. It can be any sort of favorite activity that you want. A lot of people like to do yoga. A lot of people like to do really, really intentional stretching. Or you can even do, like I said, a walk. A walk is really great. And it's a really great form of cardio. And a lot of people are like, oh, but running is like way better, right? It is in some regard, but even walking has its major, major benefits. So walking, even just, like I said, like block or two blocks and just coming back, that helps, again, with everything. And it helps build up your body to be alert, right? To notify it that it's essentially going to be being used for the day. So now you are finally waking your body up almost close to the middle ground where your mind and your body are supposed to be ready on that frequency to kind of execute whatever they need to execute for the day. All right. So that is exercise. Now the next one. So that's S-A-V-E. Now we have R, savers, right? R is reading. So I know another word that has very, very negative connotation. And I just, I also did not like reading when I was a kid because I'm going to call them out. So elementary school. I don't know if any of you guys will kind of 
relate to this, but there's something called accelerated reading. Literally the worst thing to come to the, the school system. Why? Okay, not the worst thing. There are some teachers that were allowed to be teachers, but the worst thing about accelerated reading was essentially you're reading books in order to reach point, get points, right? So when you read a book, let's just say, you have to take like some sort of assessment to kind of clarify like a nine multiple choice quiz on what the book is about and specific things. So you have to take an exam every time that you re read a book. And if you pass the exam, you receive the points that the book is worth. So that can range from like two points to even like 30 points for the really, really thick books with three cues. So the reason why I didn't really like AR reading or accelerated reading um, is because it's, it, I know we understand that the intention was to gamify things, but it really felt tedious that we had to hit certain marks. So like, let's say my, like my teacher has set up like a 200 point mark for us to reach. And like, if you think about it, like the thickest, thickest book is 30 points. While the ones that are really like kind of thinnish, like, you know, like Captain Underpants and whatever, we're only like five and seven point to five to seven points. So just imagine in doing the math there, and you don't have to be a scientist to do the math. Imagine how many books, how many Captain Underpantses you have to read, right? Like within a given semester, that's ridiculous. And yes, we did reach those goals. I personally, you know, sometimes did not hit them, but it really took the joy away from reading. And that's the whole point of why I bring up this, this anecdote is because a lot of us get so dissuaded and discouraged to read books because of school and because of college and all that stuff, because there's just so much required reading. And, you know, we kind of lose the sense that there is reading out there that is for leisure, that you can actually find benefit and fun and joy from. So I really love history. So I love enjoy. I enjoy reading biographies and all that good stuff. Nonfiction is great. As you can see from the previous episode, I'd read a lot of nonfiction, um, some self-help, like whatever you need that really fills your cup, right? So putting all the episodes together, <laughs> read what you enjoy. Do not allow the society to forcibly make you read things that you do not like because it's really not sustainable that you're reading like freaking Atomic Habits, but you're not accustomed to reading books that are that you know, detailed, right? Ease into it. I know some friends that started reading like the Reader's Digest. I know those are, I don't, I didn't even know they exist either. It's like, I thought they, I thought they kind of dissolved after 2004. But those that like reading magazines started with magazines and then they kind of, right? Magazines have a lot of celebrities. So from there, they read like the biographies of like particular notable figures that they read in magazines. And then from there, it kind of kicked off their love for reading. And then they realized that they really loved history, the history behind people and events and things that happened. Because, you know, there is a certain level of understanding that why am I at attracted to figuring out where this person's background is? And it's like, what? Like, will this ever be useful to know that Joe Pesci was in like my cousin Vinny? Like, like if I was robbed at gunpoint, like, would they know? Like, they're like, hey, you know, we're, I'm not, I'm going to rob you unless you tell me which movie Joe Pesci was in in 1997. It's like, I'm my cousin Vinny. Oh, man. But reading things that you enjoy is what's going to take you far, right? Because, yes, I'm going to confirm it. You live in a society in which reading, it's really, the joy is taken away from it in many regards by, by institutions, by, you know, feeling pressured to read certain books. Don't feel pressured. Whatever gravitates you towards it, whatever catches your eye, even if it's just like a mystery, like a thriller, or even something just like kind of discussing the background of a particular figure that you enjoy. So the person I was 
referring to my friend really enjoyed reading like knowing the background of now it's very controversial jk rowling but she knew and knew like she figured out more about her and then there's a biography about her and now she just like enjoys reading just to the utmost so enjoy reading read enjoyment and reading can be in the same sentence only if you allow yourself to read things that you thoroughly enjoy and not figuring out what other people enjoy so you can take people's recommendations and suggestions but at the end of the day what you find enjoyable entertaining that's totally up to you those definitions vary from person to person so that is reading so now we're down to the final letter guys and you would not figure out what the s in savers the last s is standing for scribing you're like what the heck is scribing it's like isn't that a medieval term yes it is like yes it's like circumference i want you to scribe this note for me like you know the accent is not medieval at all but whatever i'll work on it guys so scribing is essentially writing but we didn't want savers to be savory you know because saver sounds more sexy scribing or writing so that is what the last s is so what exactly is scribing or writing we just said it it's writing so what helps with writing so this can be a journal of some kind this can be something called morning pages which we're going to talk about in a future episode which was introduced uh, in a book called the artist's way anything that kind of documents and put your thoughts onto paper again your mind is very very good at creating these ideas creating these thoughts it creates thoughts and ideas, so so many thoughts and ideas, even in a second, right? In a millisecond, how many ideas and thoughts that you have. But it is not good at retaining those respective ideas and those suggestions and all those good things. So the best way that you can, as we say in neuroscience, capture those ideas and those memories and those thoughts is by jotting it down somewhere, whether it be a sticky note, things like that. A lot of people um, like scribing uh, when they're reading a book, right? They like jotting down their thoughts and things like that. But, you know, there are resources out there that you can use like morning pages, which is just having a blank piece of paper, giving yourself 10 minutes to write whatever the hell that you want. You're not restricted in any regard, but you have to write as fast as you can with all the thoughts that are just going through your mind, no matter how incohesive it is on the paper, because you're trying your best Again, this is morning pages, trying your best to bypass your own judgment about yourself. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode, but I just want to talk about it here. So the last S is scribing. So writing something down, again, five minutes, just writing down, oh, today's going to be a great day. I'm grateful for this. Or, you know, like I feel this, right? Whatever it is, you putting that pencil or pen to the paper is really going to help finalize all your thoughts and all your dreams and everything. And it kind of helps, you know, build up what you felt during that day and you can look back at it and you can see how much you've changed or how much you've stayed the same we don't know but it's totally up to you highly recommend a journal whether it be physical or digital it's totally up to you but those are the three things right so savers so going through savers again silence affirmations visualization exercise reading and scribing or writing so SAVERS, that is the main acronym that has been used in the book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So one little disclaimer is that when you create new habits and he recommends a 30 day you know, program, which you implement all this SAVERS every single day, 
the first 10 days is going to be very difficult. The next 10 days is going to be a little bit easier. And then the next 10 days leading up to the 30 day mark is going to feel very natural. And from there, it's going to feel natural and natural. So it does take time for your old habits to kind of die down. And I just want to like little, put a little disclaimer for you. So that is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So savers, guys, don't remember that. Savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. So silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So hopefully this really helps. Again, your morning is extremely important to, and it dictates exactly how you feel and who you're, how you handle your day and that upcoming day. Uh, I didn't mention anything about making to-do lists and things like that because we want to start in the very, very root of the day, which is how you wake up and what exactly do you do to wake up. So do your best to kind of avoid electronics, maybe for the first five 10 minutes if it's really hard for you, but ideally the first hour of the day and then kind of, and utilize that hour to go through your savers routine. All of this is interchangeable. You don't have to do 30 minutes of exercise or anything like that. Again, the recommended time for each of the letters in this acronym is five minutes when you're starting off. And then from there, you can kind of build up to whatever minutes that you want. For me, mine is heavily distributed and it's varied some of them I do for 10 minutes. Like I said, I meditate for 10. I can even be reading for 40. Uh, I can be writing for like five, depending on the day. Visualization only takes a couple of minutes to be quite honest. So there are certain things how you do with it. But remember, everyone is very, very different. You can compare and contrast with other people, how you implement these principles, but it's very essential for you in order for you to kind of feel better about your day rather than just jumping straight into it. I know that we all tend to, especially nine to fivers, run out the door and just like, oh my God, like drink the coffee and just run and don't eat breakfast. But it's important for you to do this entire thing um, in your own regard, with your own definitions and with your own values. So that's it. The Miracle Morning. I love you guys. You guys are great. Remember, you're exactly where you need to be. Um, and it's been good talking to you guys. I will see you next week. And I'll catch you on the flippity flap. Goodbye. Baby, baby, baby. Why you over smoke a J, but like some watch a man that make them through through the pad I'm trying to play. A super smash bros, what you know? Wait, let me pick Luke Carbayoki. Don't even know what I'm saying. A B, a B, and down B, now be playing. Playing, praying. Anything with you, baby girl, it's a date.